0: All right. Do you want the good news or the bad news?
1: You know, what? it's been a long two weeks of 2023.
0: Give me the good news. All right. Boston does not have the worst traffic in America.
1: What? Really? Yeah. Oh, well, how about that? OK, so what's the bad news then?
0: Boston has the second worst traffic in America. <laughs> this is what's on tap. From
1: the GBH Newsroom in Boston, I'm Paris Austin. And
0: I'm Jeremy Siegel. Bad news, bad traffic. We'll take a look at how our city's congestion stacks up on the world stage, not just nationally, in just a minute. But first,
1: the city of Boston and us here at GBH News are getting ready for tomorrow's unveiling of the Embrace Monument on Boston Common. Now, this, of course, is honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife, Coretta Scott King, and their time and impact in Boston. I will be out on the Common starting bright and early tomorrow morning. Uh, rain or shine Rain Paris or shine will be out there Everything talking with me continuing. live on the air. Absolutely, and GBH News will have live coverage throughout the day leading into Boston Public Radio, so please stay tuned. But to help kick things off, hundreds gathered at the Roxbury YMCA this morning for the 15th annual MLK breakfast, which included local nonprofits, faith leaders, and Boston Mayor Michelle Wu.
0: They honored 91-year-old Met co-founder Jean McGuire, who served as the first black woman on the Boston School Committee, co-led a march with Dr. King in Boston nearly 60 years ago. And she's one of 65 black Bostonians who will be honored in the monument. Here's senior pastor of 12th Baptist Church, Reverend Willie Bodrick II speaking this morning. And so what The Embrace allows us to do is to tell real stories about Bostonians And not the one monolithic story that we tell the nation and so we hope embrace is a catalyst to telling those stories and hopefully lifting up those stories here in the city so everybody's story is a boston story and paris you did some awesome reporting on the church which we'll get to in just a second i want to like for people who one, I mean, may not be familiar that the that the embrace is going to be unveiled tomorrow. It is on the common. It is very large. It's two stories. Um it, it's bronze, yes. right? Bronze. I was telling you earlier I get bronze and copper. Yes, it is
1: made it's out bronze. of bronze. They odd. use
0: three D printing to help like get this and it's it's a hug between Dr. Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King, um, where it's very like Figural and it's it's just yes. the arms and the hands. It's really really cool. Absolutely. I've seen it from behind the fence. Yeah,
1: if you've been on the common recently, you could you may have seen a finger or a hand yeah. or two poking out. Um, and we'll be able to see the the whole monument tomorrow. You mentioned the hug. So I, in fact, the the image um, where there is an image of Dr. King and Coretta Scott mm-hmm. where they are hugging, which is the the image that the artist um, Hank Willis Thomas worked off of to create the monument. And that in that image, they are at. It's not the the 12th Baptist church that's currently in Roxbury, but it's a, a former building that 12th Baptist was housed in. Mm. So you see the through line runs here all the way um, from the Kings to to everyone we've talked about, to people like Gene McGuire, who's going to be honored tomorrow, and to folks like Reverend Bodrick, um, who I did speak to along with Associate Pastor Jeffrey Brown, who's also a co-chair of Embrace Boston. And if you didn't catch that conversation with the two of them from earlier in the show, you can go on to GBHnews.org later today and check it out. It was really wonderful speaking to the two of them and being in the sanctuary with them. Now, one thing that we didn't hear about as part of that conversation that they did speak a lot about, uh, thanks to GBH's Mark Hers, who was there with me and asked them about Coretta Scott King and her influence, the two of them met at 12th baptist so not only you know did they have these moments of hugs and joy and all Mm -hmm. that sort of thing but when dr king was preaching at 12th coretta scott king was well he was also a student studying theology at bu coretta scott was a student at the new england conservatory and one of her friends invited her to come hear dr king speak um and so they met and reverend brown tells us the rest is history
0: when they had coffee afterwards, you know, he said to her, "Uh, you don't know it yet, but you're gonna be my wife. Mm -hmm. And when we read the um, biography that was written about uh, Coretta Scott King, she said that that first date was not really an impressive date. (laughs) But what impressed her was his mind and his drive. And of course, it was her sense of justice for everybody that appealed to him. I want to know more about that first. I date. know, right?
1: Right? Like, who knew he like great civil rights leader, not great at first dates, but he had he ended up getting the it ring must be on good the at finger second anyway, dates. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. It is
0: really cool to hear that though, and think about that in tandem with this new image that's going to be a permanent fixture of the common.
1: Yeah, 100 percent in something that um, is is really, really monumental uh, for the city of Boston. But just like what Reverend Bodrick was saying earlier at the breakfast um, for the city's black residents.
0: And again, stay tuned for Paris's coverage live on GBH and here again tomorrow morning. Let's talk about traffic. Enrix is out with its annual look at traffic across the world. This is a yearly list. comes out called the Global Traffic Scorecard. So this one that just came out is looking back at 2022. Here's the full international list of the worst cities for traffic. I'll start at number 10 and count down. So we okay. got Philadelphia, Monterey, New York City, wow, Toronto, yeah, Palermo, Bogota, Here's where things get interesting. At number four, Boston. <laughs> at number three, Paris.
1: I can see that one, too. I'm not saying you're I'm, not I'm me. Saying the city of hey, Paris. Hey, I call traffic out here, Jeremy. <laughs>
0: Chicago, number two. <laughs> number one, London. So this survey looked at the average delay per driver for the entire year. So like how much extra time you just spend sitting in your car doing nothing. Maybe listening to us. Boston's number was 134 oh hours oh my god yeah.
1: that is a lot of time I mean you think about all the things you could be doing right you could be running errands you could be I don't know you could be sleeping right you could yeah. be doing something you actually want to do instead of sitting in traffic and it's, it's to your point like people do get creative right it is a, a prime time for listening to podcasts for instance or listening to music um, but it's also like you sit on it I sit my highest traffic spot ends up being on 93 South mm-hmm when I'm heading home, especially from here. And I'm just like, I I can't do this, right? I don't want to be with all these cars. People drive crazy, which makes the traffic, I feel like, last even longer.
0: The average American spends just 51 hours of the year in traffic, which, I mean, sounds bad. But when you compare it to Boston's 134, not too bad. There are a variety of reasons that this might be. Um, There was a 72 percent jump, by the way, for Boston in the past year from 2021. Could be because of the Sumner Tunnel construction. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could be the temporary bridge to Charlestown. Maybe the Orange Line shut down oh, yeah, because more cars were on the road, fewer the people taking transit after the pandemic. Important to note, still below pre-COVID levels, like most places okay so traffic still not as bad as it once was now you and got me
1: thinking about the, the lack of traffic during the pandemic yeah you know, i'm like oh man you could get anywhere quickly but
0: well if and you... it's
1: starting earlier now gbh's bob c has reported on that as well oh, right like it, it the yeah. traffic builds up earlier in the day for i guess instance. also more
0: people living further away Also you had more people moving out of the mm-hmm. city during the pandemic if this ever gets you down if you're sitting in traffic for hours like paris like come on people just think <laughs> at least i'm not in london
1: It's true. There you go. Well, we did mention sleep there, that one of the things you could be doing instead of sitting in traffic. And this morning. Not if
0: you're sitting in your car, though. No,
1: (laughs) no, no. Please do not fall asleep at the wheel, folks. Um, Sleep divorce is something we've been chatting about because the sleep health service, Sleepopolis, has been tracking how much people are talking about sleep divorce on Twitter. So this is basically when. Couples, people who sleep together, decide: okay, we just like have too many incompatible sleep habits. You like to keep, you know, your side of the bed really warm. I like to sleep cool. You're you like a firm mattress. I like a soft one. We just can't do this anymore because we're not, Yeah, you're in the covers. I like to always like, say, "What's y- going you on keep here?"
0: putting, giving me all of the covers. I That's know, <laughs>
1: right? I'm a cover stealer. Not even going to lie to you there. But this study looked and found that more and more people actually, 41% of tweets about sleep divorce were positive. So with People favoring this idea. And Boston actually was ranked, talking about rankings for Boston here, number eight on the list of major US cities that were tweeting about this with 46% of tweets.
0: Interesting. Spewing. I was data. looking at a an interview with an expert on sleep from the Rand Corporation who was talking about the pros and cons of this, and it is kind of interesting because looking at data, people do on average sleep better when they're sleeping alone. Huh. But then there's also the you know mental benefits that people will say that they like. Sleeping with someone else, they like well, the idea yeah, of cuddling. Because I'm so,
1: afraid of the dark. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> that
0: that actually is a thing. So you have to consider like people do on one hand sleep better when it's by themselves, but there's the fact that it, it you know, like there's
1: like a emotional safety exactly. aspect there. Absol- it's also it's there's absolutely. a lot of history I'm with this Someone too. could quantify that.
0: Yeah, in the medieval times, whole families would sleep in the same bed.
1: <laughs> okay, that's a bit much things changed <laughs> like sleeping, right? That's yeah, like a thing. Things
0: changed in the Victorian era. That's when it like people got rich enough to have their own rooms in their own beds. So then it switched back. And then it wasn't until like the fifties or sixties when people actually started sleeping in the same bed again. So Who knows? With these trends, we could see another flip-flop coming going going back to And I mean,
1: you've got to think about two, not everybody has two beds or two bedrooms in their home. So, And then I'm like, do you put the person on the couch, on a pallet? What do you do? Who knows? Well, if you want to talk about sleep divorce with us, you can text us at 617-300-2008, and we will share some of those responses tomorrow. In the meantime, a couple things happening today. ICA-free Thursdays are from 5 to 9 p.m. tonight.
0: And the Seas are playing the Nets in Brooklyn. That's at 7.30. Bruins host the Seattle Kraken at 7. That's what's on tap for Thursday. I almost said it was Friday. It's only Thursday. Almost there. January twelfth, twenty 2023 got the year right this time. I'm Jeremy Siegel.
1: And I'm Paris Austin. You're listening to GBH News.
0: GBH.